Welcome to What Christians Should Know, hosted by Dr. Elijah Sadoffel. This podcast equips you with clarity and meaningful answers about God, the Bible, and your Christian life. Now, here's Dr. Sadoffel. In this short, I'm going to describe three ways to get out of a rut. I don't have a theme verse, but rather a theme chapter of 1 Kings 19. There we find the prophet Elijah in a rut. In fact, Elijah's rut was so significant that it could be classified as an episode of spiritual depression. This bout of depression ironically happens after Elijah participates in one of the grandest, most spectacular confrontations in all of the Bible. Of course, that spectacular confrontation was the showdown on Mount Carmel, where God miraculously sends down fire from heaven and turns the hearts of the people of Israel back to the Lord. Elijah played a lead role in the Mount Carmel narrative, so undoubtedly, the prophet was in the midst of a high at the end of 1 Kings 18. Yet, only a few verses later, we find Elijah in the midst of a low, low point. In 1 Kings 19, we find Elijah sad, isolated, disinterested, apathetic, and pessimistic. He even had thoughts of death and asked God to take his life. That's when God acts and turns everything around. The first thing that God does to get Elijah out of a rut is to address his physical deficiencies. In 1 Kings 19.1-2, we are told that the queen, Jezebel, put a bounty on Elijah's head. Then in 1 Kings 19 verses 3-8, the text says, And Elijah was afraid, and arose and ran for his life, and came to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness, and came and sat down under a juniper tree. And he requested for himself that he might die, and said, It is enough now, O Lord, take my life, for I am not better than my father's. He laid down and slept under a juniper tree, and behold, there was an angel touching him, and he said to him, Arise, eat. Then he looked, and behold, there was at his head a bread cake baked on hot stones and a jar of water. So he ate and drank and lay down again. The angel of the Lord came again a second time and touched him and said, Arise, eat, because the journey is too great for you. So he arose and ate and drank and went in the strength of that food forty days and forty nights to Horeb, the mountain of God. So Elijah, who was fearful for his life, goes a day's journey into the wilderness and asks God to take him home. God's response is to send an angel who touches Elijah and then feeds him. Then Elijah goes to sleep. The lesson is simple. Elijah was in a rut because he was exhausted, tired, and hungry. The solution? It wasn't more prayer, fasting, or counseling. It was to have some companionship, to have a decent meal, and then get decent sleep. That is why God provided an angel, a warm meal, and a secure place for Elijah to rest. Sometimes spiritual people can over-spiritualize things. They can make a big spiritual deal over matters that require a very simple, natural fix. Christians often forget to realize that although we are spiritual people living in material bodies, we still have material bodies. The point is that when you are in a rut, consider the possibility that all your symptoms may not have a spiritual cause at all. You may not need to repent, you may just need to take a nap or to get some more sunlight. So, the first way to get out of a rut is to address your physical deficiencies. After God takes care of Elijah's body, he then takes care of his mind. 
so the second thing that God does to get Elijah out of a rut is that he gives him something to do. Therefore, a very simple strategy for you to get out of a ditch is that you must do something. Nothing feeds being down more than doing nothing. Doing nothing actually acts like a black hole that sucks in all energy and motivation. As a result, because we have accomplished nothing, we then begin to feel like nothing, which feeds the vicious cycle. Ruts turn us inward when we ought to turn outward and ask, what should I be doing? What can I be doing? And then doing it. So, in 1 Kings 19, verses 11 to 15, Elijah is at the mountain Horeb. What is Elijah doing there? Not much. He laments, but otherwise isn't really doing. Elijah turns so far inward that he claims he is the only prophet left in Israel, which was not true. God had to gently remind the prophet that there were actually thousands of faithful servants left. Even God asked his servant what he was doing, when in verse 13 he asks, What are you doing here, Elijah? In verses 15 to 16, God then says, Go, return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus, and when you have arrived, you shall anoint Hazael king over Aram, and Jehu the son of Nimshi you shall anoint king over Israel, and Elisha the son of Shaphat of Abel-Meholah you shall anoint as prophet in your place. How did God solve Elijah's problem? He gave him a task and then sent him on an errand. God put his prophet to work and said, Go, there is work to be done. Practically speaking, having something to do gives us purpose, and purpose helps to nullify the effects of feeling worthless, helpless, or hopeless. Certainly, you or I do not need to travel across Palestine to anoint kings to have purpose, but if you are in a rut, you can do something very simple. Set an easy goal each and every day, and be sure to execute and complete that goal. It could be something as simple as taking a walk around the block or washing the dishes. This strategy gives you something to do and puts the focus on the something, not the rut that's wearing you down. So, the second thing that you can do to get out of a rut is to do something. The third and final thing that God did to get Elijah out of a rut is to give Elijah hope. In 1 Kings 19 verses 17 to 18, God essentially tells Elijah that the saving work of the Lord is still in action and the work is not yet done. In verse 18, God says, Yet I will leave 7,000 in Israel, all the knees that have not bowed to Baal, and every mouth that has not kissed him. In the very next verse, the text then says, Elijah departed from there and found Elisha, the son of Shaphat. Elisha would serve as Elijah's protege, and Elijah would end up passing along his prophetic mantle to Elisha. 1 Kings 19 therefore ends where Elijah always needed to be, restored with something to do with the hope that what God has decreed will come to pass. God's revelation to Elijah that 7,000 of his faithful still remained completely shattered Elijah's paradigm because Elijah's view of the world was too narrow. At the start of 1 Kings 19, he was only focused on his particular corner of reality, but he failed to realize that God and his purposes are always bigger and grander than what we can sense. 
Once Elijah was made aware of just how big God's gracious plans were, he had hope that in spite of personal lows, the disappointment with others, and unmet expectations, God remained the same and his glorious promises would never be restrained. God is the God of hope, and it is this hope that equips us to rest comfortably on the promise that although things may seem worrisome or less than ideal now, in the end, all things will come together for good for those that love God. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more valuable resources, including a bookstore and online Bible study, visit wcsk.org.